Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Even going back to high school, I was um, I was diagnosed with lupus when I was 15. And that for me was a real moment in vulnerability, I'd say, and a moment in um, sort of facing life and death in a way or dealing with things that you wouldn't normally deal with as a 15-year-old and being in and out of hospitals. And that opened up a different type of connection for me, which was much more of a heart-to-heart -heart connection. And I started to realize that it was okay to be vulnerable. It was okay to be scared. It was okay to be imperfect. Um, it was okay to not get straight A's and, you know, that wasn't the end game in life. You know, there was a lot more. So I had an experience, I guess, early on around that, which I think sort of started to foster this, um, you know, desire to meet people imperfectly. And, you know, it's something I practice in my daily, daily life now of even, you know, someone's like, Hey, how are you? My, my reaction, I think it's sort of the snap that we all have is that I'm great. How are you? But actually, you know, when it feels safe and it feels right as being like, Hey, you know what? I'm really struggling with this, but this is great. And something opens up. There's sort of that, that spark and connection versus just staying on the surface, which, is so beautiful and sort of is kind of what fuels me. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Kara, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, it is my pleasure to have you here. You know, so I actually came across your story by way of our mutual friend, Kay, who posted uh, an image from your company, which we will talk about on Instagram. And immediately I was like, I got to talk to her. I need an intro to her immediately. (laughs) And uh, I was so stoked because I'm so excited about what you're doing and I can't wait to share it with people. So we'll get there. But given the nature of what you do, I want to start by asking um, one of my favorite questions, and that is what social group were you a part of in high school and how has that impacted the choices that you've ended up making with your life and your career? So I was a part of quite a few different social groups. I was sort of the the person who was a little bit of a jock on the soccer team, but also ran the arts board as well. And I guess if I think about the one that's impacted me the most, it would be running the high school arts board. So somehow I got elected to, to run the arts board in high school. And I always remember getting up there to give my speech. And I had this very well-crafted, you know, very sort of polished speech to give. And I stumbled over my words halfway through. And in the middle of the speech, I just went, and everyone started laughing and it completely changed the dynamic of the room. And I'm convinced the is what got me elected. (laughs) Um, and I look at that now as thinking about, you know, because I think you grow up and you sort of think about these 
things that you're involved in and having to be perfect and polished and really get things well-oiled. But there's something about those human moments and creating those human moments, which have helped me in my innovation career and in building a startup and just really being real and relatable. So I would say probably running the arts board, um, allowing myself to have human moments in that. And then I think we also, um, we got nude male models. We had nude female models for life drawing class. I was responsible for bringing nude male models into an all girls school as well. So (laughs) I'm sure that made you very popular, very popular. Yes. Even with the teachers, maybe. Wow. Okay. Uh, multiple questions come from that. Um, one, you mentioned <laughs> being in an all-girls school. So I'm curious, what are the social dynamics like in a, a high school where it's all members of the same sex that like people who went to regular high schools wouldn't necessarily uh, know about? It's a great question. Um, I went to the same school from kindergarten through 12th grade, and I actually repeated kindergarten. So I failed kindergarten the first time and basically went to the same school with the same girls for 13 years. And what's amazing is now, you know, looking back years later, some of those girls are still my best friends. So the girls who were my best friends when I was five, I'm still very close with now. So I think there's there's a tight knitness and a sort of a sisterhood that develops and a real support. I was lucky to have a really lovely, warm class and we just kind of took care of each other. So I would say there's a big, there's a camaraderie. And I think there's something really beautiful about knowing the ins and outs of someone's story and their family since, you know, before you were people, you know, when you were just little kids running around. So um, there's probably that. And then I think a real intimacy and connection develops as a result. So um, I actually remember going to college and, you know, the dorm, the floor that I was on and the dorm I was in, you know, my neighbors were guys and I'd never really talked to guys before because, you know, I'd been in an all girls dynamic and I'd never been in classes with guys. So I don't think I was used to those gender dynamics in the classroom. Cause I think in an all girls classroom, um, you know, you hear in mixed mixed sex classrooms and sort of in high school, that it's harder, harder for girls to speak up. I don't think we had that problem necessarily. I was still shy. So it was still a little bit hard for me to speak up, but there was an environment that really helped bring that out in me. Hmm. Okay. Two more questions come from this. Um, one, you know, you talked about sort of, uh, allowing yourself to be imperfect. And I think, you know, you're right as we sort of become socialized, uh, you know, and we go through school, we go through life experiences. Uh, I think some of what happens is we have this just tremendous fear of, you know, being imperfect. Uh, and I'm curious, you know, how you let go of that in adult life. That's one question. The other is when you experience these gender dynamics for the first time in the college environment, what was the impact of having come from this all girls environment on your relationships and social interactions with this environment? So uh, I think that both such good questions, uh, to start with the second one, cause it's fresher in my mind right now is, um, I mean, I think I had sort of, I guess, a buffer, if that makes sense. Like I had the experience of speaking up where I didn't, you know, I hadn't been in those classroom dynamics before, I guess, with men. And I think boys and girls are different. They learn differently. I think introverts and extroverts learn differently. So um, it was an adjusting. And I always remember, I think there's something about maybe going to an all girls school too, where you start to see, see guys as almost, I wouldn't say the enemy necessarily, but you don't see them as sort of part of your, uh, 
integrated environment. And I always remember my mom saying to me in ninth grade or something, you know, like guys can be friends too. And, you know, guys are really wonderful. So I developed some really strong friendships with guys in, uh, in college and, you know, they became really great friends and supporters. So, um, you know, I think having had the buffer of being around women all the time, you know, and sort of having this, these quips from my mom, like I really started to develop some great friendships with guys and, um, you know, that was really fun. And then the first question was letting go of this need that we all have. Oh, to yeah. Perfect or appear polished or, you know, appear impressive. Like we, I think we all have this sort of innate desire, even though uh, we know it turns people off to want their approval. I still struggle with it. It's uh, it's a daily practice for me. And um, in terms of getting out of that, I think I've started to have experiences where the imperfection and the human part comes through, or I start to see the real connection in the human struggle. I think at the end of the day, you know, realizing that we're all human, we're all trying to get through the day, we all have the same struggles, um, you know, helps me to sort of lead with vulnerability, to use that word. Um, and I think the more that I've embraced those experiences within myself. So if I think about even going back to high school, I was um, I was diagnosed with lupus when I was 15. And that for me was a real moment in vulnerability, I'd say, and a moment in um, sort of facing life and death in a way or dealing with things that you wouldn't normally deal with as a 15 year old and being in and out of hospitals. And that opened up a different type of connection for me, which was much more of a a heart-to-heart connection. And I started to realize that it was okay to be vulnerable. It was okay to be scared. It was okay to be imperfect. Um, It was okay to not get straight A's. And, you know, that wasn't the end game in life. You know, there was a lot more. So I had an experience, I guess, early on around that, which I think sort of started to foster this, um, you know, desire to meet people imperfectly. And, you know, it's something I practice in my daily, daily life now of even, you know, someone's like, Hey, how are you? My, my reaction, I think it's sort of the snap that we all have is that I'm great. How are you? But actually, you know, when it feels safe and it feels right as being like, Hey, you know what? I'm really struggling with this, but this is great. And something opens up. There's sort of that, that spark and connection versus just staying on the surface, which, is so beautiful and sort of is kind of what fuels me. Mm. So being diagnosed with lupus, I had, had a, a business school professor who, who also had lupus and, and she said, you know, it really is one of those things that changes your life and you start to have a, a deeper appreciation for other people in your life, particularly the people who have to take care of you. Um, things that, that come to mind for me, one is, did you have an amplified sense of your own mortality when that happened? And two, um, do you have any sort of spiritual or religious beliefs? And, you know, what, uh, what was the impact of having lupus on those things? I think it actually, I mean, it definitely catalyzed my spiritual journey. And for me, it started, I was just talking to someone about this the other day of, I'd say in one sense or another, my spiritual journeys probably started when I was about 12 or 13. I was always really, really curious. I think sometimes when you're looking for, for spiritual answers, there's some, there's some sort of fear inside or there's something going on. So I got really into, I used to have these crazy dreams when I was a kid and I got really into interpreting dreams. I got really into into learning how to read tarot cards, all of those things. And I think for me, that's a reflection of looking for answers. And, um, you know, that's still something that, um, you know, I go with. And I think, um, you know, actually, spirituality is a really big 
part of my business. And when I say spirituality, I think it's sort of being connected to something greater than yourself and looking at how business can connect you to a bigger flow or being of service to people. So if I think about what I'm doing now, it's really built from a desire to help people get unstuck because I've been stuck so many times in my life that, um, and I found ways to kind of hack and get out of it. And I think going back to the question around lupus, um, it did give me a sense of, of mortality. Like I remember, you know, people would come over to visit me during recess or lunch break when I was home. And I remember this one girl, um, like, saying goodbye to me, you know, like I was going to die. And it was the first time someone had ever done that. I was like, Oh, my God, am I really going to die right now? Like, um, you just sort of treated me like I was on my deathbed, which which was scary. Um, I didn't die, obviously. Um, But having conversations like that, which I think, again, goes back to your earlier question of getting beyond the surface and getting into that heart to heart, um, really shifted things for me. So I think, you know, when you're 15, um, and sort of thinking about, you know, am I going to make it through this year? Or, you know, am I going to make it to 20? Or what's the rest of my life going to look like? Um, you start to, to look at some of those deeper questions, and you start to connect with people on a on a deeper level. And, that was really interesting for me. And I think there was a lot of, if I look at the theme of that part of my life, a lot of it was about opening my heart and, um, and learning to receive love and care. And, you know, I think back on that time and, you know, going to doctors with my parents, going to alternative healers with my dad. Um, my dad's very into meditation and spirituality. So I think a lot of that got imbued during that time. So, Walk me through how you get from leaving college to serendipity. So I got from leaving college to serendipity by way of Colorado, New York, and Singapore, actually. So I spent a bit of time moving around and, uh, and jumping around the globe, getting that out of my system. Um, so graduated college, thought I was going to become a diplomat. That was kind of the goal. I'd studied international relations. And um went to live in Aspen, Colorado and work for the Aspen Institute, which was an incredible job. And while I was working there, we launched the the first ideas festival and it just sparked this love of ideas and innovation and creativity. And I didn't know this world existed. I think the world that I thought existed after college was, you know, Goldman Sachs and Boston Consulting Group. because those are sort of the people who came in and I didn't really fit into either of those, um, you know, trajectories, even though, you know, I did try, got through a few rounds of interviews at Goldman Sachs. And fortunately, I was told I'd be better in nonprofits than investment banking. So that was a good. (laughs) So thanks to the the guy who interviewed me there. I wish I remembered his name. Um, So I ended up going to work at the Aspen Institute and develop this love of ideas. And then through, um, I guess it was through a relationship, actually, I ended up moving back to New York and found my way into this world of innovation consulting. Again, another world that I had no idea existed. And basically what it was is I sort of thought of it as almost being an ideas ambassador, if that makes sense, because I ended up, you sort of go around the world, you end up interviewing people about what they need, what they want, sort of figuring out the common themes, and then developing products, brands, and experiences and business models for big companies to deliver on those needs. And I've always been naturally curious. I've always been curious about the human condition and why we do what we do. And this was sort of the perfect job for me. So I ended up working in innovation and brand consulting for for about 10 years. And I would say about, 
I guess it was 2013. I'd been doing it for a while. Um, and I was stuck. And I think with being stuck, you don't quite know you're stuck until you get a little bit unstuck. So I, I was burning out and I couldn't figure out why it was a struggle to get out of bed in the morning. And you know why my heart sank every time I would open my inbox with with email because I had an amazing job. Um, you know, on paper, everything looked great, but something inside or maybe something about my purpose or spiritually was off. And I'd just gone through a breakup as well. So I'd gone through a breakup, I was a bit burnt out at work. So I had the opportunity to take a three month sabbatical. And I knew I wanted it to be something that would really help connect me with people of different backgrounds, I wanted it to be something that would get me out of my comfort zone and really just spark adventure. So I ended up convincing 90 people to write 90 adventures for me to do while I traveled by myself in India and Southeast Asia. And that changed my life. I flipped a card every day. I wrote a blog about all of the stories that happened and something shifted inside me. And I think it's interesting when, when something shifts inside you, it's other people notice. And at the end of the trip, I met this girl who, you know, I'd met her maybe three days before, but just from chatting with her and sort of, you know, building this friendship, she's like, I feel like something's changed inside of you since you've done this trip. And there's, there's something really magical about these cards that you've created. Um, I think you should turn it into a product. And I sort of laughed because it was my little adventure, you know, getting unstuck, trip around the world, get my friends to give me weird things to do. And she challenged me to turn it into a product. And if you challenge me to do something, I obviously say yes. So I ended up crowdfunding it, building it on nights and weekends. I'd actually moved to Singapore at the time with the consulting firm I was working with. So I was working 80 hours a week, building this on nights and weekends and there was just something about it that lit me up in a way that nothing ever had before. And I had, you know, thought about building other businesses, creating different ideas, but I definitely believe that like the idea finds you. And this idea, you know, was knocking on my door at 2am at 3am at, you know, every waking hour. And it was inevitable. Like I couldn't not serve the idea or build it. So that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, through another series of events and life changes, I ended up in Los Angeles and, you know, I just, I started building the business. I started building the business as a 90 day experiment. I resigned from my job in consulting, um, to live in Los Angeles and, and to start to build this business. So it started with a, with a 90 day 90 day travel adventure, and then a 90 day business adventure to think about, you know, what would it look like if I put my heart and soul into this for 90 days? And everything that happened in those 90 days, I believe is the foundation for how it's growing now. Okay, so many questions come from this. Um, you know, I, I want to go back to the very beginning of this uh, in terms of leaving college, because I feel like this is a pattern that I keep seeing over and over again. And, you know, I'm just so curious about why this is. So, you know, you said that you had ideas of becoming a diplomat. Goldman Sachs didn't work out. And I, I know this story well, because I feel like I had this very mapped out trajectory of what I thought my life was going to be. And all I can say is that none of it has gone according to plan, which is why I'm <laughs> talking to you right now. Um, and I'm curious why you think that is so often the case for so many people who end up doing the kinds of things that um, you do. And what would you tell parents who are listening to this about that? 
Uh, I mean, my poor parents. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love my parents so much. They're, um, they have just been, they've been nothing but supportive. And, you know, they look back now where everything's pretty stable. And I remember a few times they're like, we hope you know what you're doing because we have no idea what you're doing and we will always support you emotionally. But, um, this is a little bit terrifying for us. And, um, you know, there is a leap that's required. And I remember, graduating from college and feeling like I fell off a cliff, really feeling like not necessarily that my life was over, but almost having not knowing what to do with myself because, you know, I thought I wanted to be a diplomat. I think a lot of, a lot of that was built in wanting to do something that my parents would be proud of or be able to say, Oh, our daughter's a diplomat or, um, wanting to have a career that, you know, followed the mold and felt safe. And, I think like you're saying, it's been this, it's been this constant stripping away of old ideas and this constant stripping away of preconceived notions. And, and it's scary, you know, it's scary when I think about, um, where I thought I'd be after college, I was like, okay, well maybe I'll be at a big company, you know, running innovation or doing a corporate thing. Um, but to be starting, starting a business and building a business is definitely, a leap of faith. And, you know, I can't, someone was saying to me the other day, she's like, you know, you just, you constantly take leaps. Um, like everything in your life feels like a leap. And I think once you start, I guess after college is that first really big leap, right? Because you're going from being in this environment to leaping into the real world. And I think that's why it feels so scary because you're, you're your own agent at that, at that, in that sense, um, you're making your own decisions, you're working for someone, um, you're kind of creating and mapping out your own life. And that can feel really scary. And I think the more leaps I take, the more, the more experience I have to know that I'm not going to crash to the ground. You know, something always happens. Like I'm always caught in one way or another. And I think like you're saying, it's often very unexpected. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mm. It's never how I thought it would be. Yeah, um, which is fitting considering the name of your company. Right. Um one other thing, you know, you mentioned uh, this breakup and then being open to sort of adventure and connection. And how do you make the transition to being open after something as painful as a breakup? Someone was, I can't remember whose quote this is, but there is something, there is a quote about, you know, heartbreak is the best catalyst for creativity. And that's been my experience. I think my most creative periods have been after a heartbreak. And going from sort of, I think that was also, you know, going down a certain path and thinking, okay, my life could look this way. I'll probably have kids in a few years. Amazing guy, wonderful guy, but, but not the right, the right fit for the long term. And I think letting go of that idea, um, I guess, you know, there's sort of that, you know, the pendulum swings one way and then you go the other up like, okay, well, I have this, I have these things that feel so stable, what if I go to the complete other end and really experience an adventure? Like I think there had always been sort of a stirring in my heart to just want to travel, to want to be independent, to want to try new things. Um, and actually, you know, it's really interesting about this. This is reminding me, this is um, kind of amusing, but before I went on this trip, um, so I'd gone through this breakup in October. I was really bummed about it for three, four months. And I remember on new year's day, sitting down with a friend of mine and, you know, we're doing our new year's resolutions and everyone's resolution is of course, you know, like meet the guy, you know, fall in love, that kind of stuff. And we both had the same thing. We're like, we really want to meet our dudes. And I remember turning to her and I was like, what if we flip this? What if we knew that by December 31st of next year, we would have met our guys, we would be married, and we thought that this was our last single year? What would we do differently? 
And that for me, I was like, okay, so let me treat this like my last single year. You know, if I knew in my heart and soul that I was going to meet my soulmate or my partner uh, in a year, what would I do differently instead of spending my energy thinking about, is this the guy? Is that the guy? Um, You know, trying to fit into a mold of a relationship, really going all out. She met her husband two weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) I went on an adventure around the world and moved to Singapore. Um, So I think we both got what we needed to get ourselves to a place of, because I'm completely different now. Like I think if I had settled down at that point in my life, there would have been a lot of wondering and there would have been a lot of, you know, well, what if I did this or what if I did that? And I think traveling, adventure, you know, building my own business has gotten a lot of the what ifs out of the way so that. Now I feel really solid in myself and in a place where, you know, I'm excited to meet my partner, you know, and I'm excited to be able to give a lot to him and to receive a lot, too. Um, wow. Okay. So I want to actually talk uh, about the trip and the cards. And um, you also may have convinced me to stop worrying so much about relationships based on that story alone. What if this is your last single year? That is a much more healthy, I think, approach. There's a lot of things that I'm going to do. My friend Mike asked me, you know, what would you do if you had six months left to live? And he's down in Columbia. He said, would you cash in the miles that you have and come and see me? I'm like, I'll be there in two weeks. Right. So, uh, but you gave me a very different perspective to think about this. Um, I really want to dive into the actual uh, adventures themselves because I'm, I'm so curious like what were the what were some of the things that people suggested what were the crazy ones um, and and what were the what were the outcomes of some of these things so I guess the most sort of famous story or the, the story that gave me the biggest moment for pause where I was like I think there's magic in these cards is um a friend of mine who I used to work for as well gave me the flip of asking a stranger for a mantra. And it started as a personal joke. Um, you know, so I think I'd seen Colin Powell on the Acela and I was like, I want to ask him for a mantra. She's like, please do not go up to Colin Powell and ask him for a mantra. Like that is the worst idea ever. So she gave me the flip on my trip of asking a stranger for a mantra. And I'm, I'm in Bangkok at the time. And, you know, I have this card in my wallet and I'm walking around and I'm, you know, looking for people who look spiritual to give me a mantra or some wise words. And um, I couldn't find anyone and it just didn't feel right. And then I walk into this hotel lobby and and I see Steven Tyler from Aerosmith and (laughs) (laughs) perfect guy for a mantra, right? Um, So he's standing there with his friend. He's sort of looking in the, in the jewelry cases. And I sit down in this hotel lobby and I'm like, do I go up to Steven Tyler from Aerosmith and ask him for a mantra? And, you know, it's one of those moments where I was like, you know, this could just be a fun celebrity sighting or, you know, why the hell not? So I awkwardly sidled up to him and, um, you know, we had this little moment conversation. And then I asked him, I was like, listen, because I think with the cards and the adventures, too, there's always that weird moment of how do you approach someone with this? Um, You know, how do you buy coffee for a stranger um, without them thinking you're creepy? And I have tips for people if they need because I do it all I actually do that once a week it's one of my favorite ways to shift my mood every week so we end up chatting and you know I was like listen I have a really strange request for you and he sort of he it was like oh god here we go so I tell him I'm doing this trip I'm like you know I'm traveling for three months I had all my friends give me adventures and today I have to ask someone for a mantra would you give me a mantra 
And he was like, a mantra? What? Oh, my God. And he starts pacing around the lobby of the hotel, like really thinking about it. Um, and of course, I'm horrified and embarrassed. I'm like, I know you're on vacation, you know, um, you really don't have to think about it too much. But he ended up writing and I keep this card in my wallet because I'm convinced I'm going to run into him again. And I want to thank him for the advice because it has been the advice that has kept me going in those dark moments. Um, but he wrote down the only way to get to the other shore is to lose sight of the one you're on. And I love that so much because I think when you start a business or being in the creative industry and sort of like we were talking about before of like going from that original path of what's expected of you to, to doing what your heart really wants you to do is terrifying. Um, you know, and it's a lot of letting go of that old shore and, you know, looking for the new shore and, you know, being willing to be a little boat in the middle of the ocean, not knowing where the new shore is like, that's a constant feeling I have of being like, okay, I feel like I'm in the middle of the ocean. I'm not 100% where I'm going, but I know there's a new shore. Um, so he gave me some pretty good life-changing advice that kind of, uh, you know, I think has become almost the foundation of the business. So that was a really good one. Um, and then other things like buying coffee for a stranger, you know, just looking at the connections that start to happen from that. I would end up in people's houses as a result in India. Like I went to India, never went to the Taj Mahal, but ended up in like 20 people's houses, you know, drinking coffee and at birthday parties and things like that. So, you know, there's something about really being able to connect with another person in that open way and seeing where the experience takes you. Wow. Um, so I, I love that Steven Tyler story and, and uh, you know, letting go of the other shore to get to the next one. Why do you think people say get, stay so stuck in their past? And, you know, like I, I, I don't know about you, but like when I have things in my past, um, even, you know, as recent as two weeks ago, I have a tendency to ruminate and wonder what the hell I could have done differently to alter an outcome. Completely. Uh, and and so I'm curious, like, how do you how do you let go of that? It's a great question. And it's something that I, yeah, I work on every day. Um, and I think about, I look at the things that come up in conversation for me to see where I'm stuck. So if I'm still talking about an ex-boyfriend in every conversation, or I'm still talking about that one time that was really scary, there's something for me to learn from that or to get unstuck from that. And I think we stay in the past because it's safe. You know, there's something comfortable and safe about staying in an old story of, I'll never make it. I'm not good enough. Here's proof that I'm unlovable or whatever it is versus being willing to change and being willing to be open. And we were talking about spirituality and things like that earlier. And that's actually a big part of my spiritual practice is, you know, a prayer I use is this or something better. And, you know, um, looking at like, you know, please allow this to happen if it's, if it's meant to be or, or bring something better. And, Really, I think when you open up that space that can feel terrifying at first and amazing things start to come in, um, I've started to realize that there is a better, bigger plan greater than the CARA plan that's in my head. Um, and my objectives and my thoughts can be very limited um, and rooted in those old things. So I think for me, it's just the first step is being willing to believe there's something something bigger than myself and something something better than what I think is possible. Wow. And I mean, I can give an example of that, um, which is a pretty crazy story. It's sort of the story of how I moved to Los Angeles. I came to Los Angeles again. Um, you know, I was burnt out from work. Um, 
again, I just gone through a breakup. Again, breakups are great catalysts for creativity. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess they open your heart, right? And um, and well, they open you I up. I say the there's... rock band Chicago built an entire career off of that. So. <laughs> Um, and I'd moved to, you know, I was about to quit my job as a consultant. I'd, you know, ended a relationship with this guy the day before Valentine's Day. So that was really, you know, my heartstrings were, were happening there. Um, and I didn't have a home, you know, I didn't know where I was going to live. And I'm in Los Angeles. I'm like, oh my God, what, you know, I think I've lost the plot here. And I think my parents thought I'd lost the plot as well. And I remember talking to a friend of mine in New York and saying, you know, like I'm manless, I'm jobless and I'm homeless. Like what the fuck? And he's like, (laughs) his perspective was, he goes, my friend, drink it in. This is the freest you're ever going to be. And there was something about that that shifted my perspective of going from that old story of, I don't have this, I don't have that, you know, these things that I'm attached to aren't working out to, this is actually an opportunity for absolute freedom. And what ended up happening was just a series of events that was so bananas that led me to sort of the perfect house and perfect situation in Los Angeles from I met a girl who's now one of my best friends the second day I was here and she happened to want to go to Asia. And she's like, well, why don't you live in my house in Santa Monica? I'll live in your place in Singapore. I will uh, pack up all of your belongings. I'll sell the rest and you just move to L.A. And that's how I moved to L.A. You know, so if I think about sort of those limited objectives or being stuck in old stories, my old story was. I need to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, You know, this business is never going to get off the ground. It's just going to be a little project. And, you know, I feel like the universe kind of came in and was like, hold my beer. And, you know, plopped me back, plopped me into Los Angeles through this crazy turn of events that benefited everyone involved. Um, I want to talk about uh, a couple of things. I think I want to spend the rest of our time talking about the impact that this has on people's um, social interactions, social relationships, and just their life in general. And I'd like to start with how it's impact. I mean, you've kind of alluded to it with some of these stories, but overall in your day-to-day life, what's been the impact on your social life and the way you relate with people as a result of all of this? I would say I'm much more open. Uh, I'm much more curious. I... I see opportunity in connecting with everyone. And I think through this experience, everyone has a story and everyone has context and everyone's coming from a different place. And being able to be open to that and appreciate that has definitely come from these cards and these experiences. And I think there's something really about the power of human connection to to unstick us. And if I look at kind of where we are today and, you know, how addicted we are to our phones, present company included, you know, I check Instagram at ungodly hours and I don't even know why I'm checking it, but I'm like, what am I looking for? Um, You know, like, what am I actually looking for by being on my phone? Like, it almost feels like, you know, just picking up a cigarette as a habit because that's what you're used to. And I think we're losing touch with human connection and, you know, that those real moments of intimacy and sort of the power of, really being able to support and and care for each other. So I think in terms of human interaction, it's really sparked this belief that there is, and my grandmother used to say this all the time, she's like, there's good in everyone, you just have to find it. And whether it's doing an act of kindness or buying coffee for the person behind you, or looking at all the people who cross your path, um, 
there's magic in that. And I think it's really sort of sparked a different way of being in terms of getting curious about people, um, wanting to connect with them, wanting to help people get unstuck and really connect more, um, and a real power in human connection and sort of looking at um, all of the serendipitous twists and turns that buying coffee for one person can take you. Wow. Wow. Um, so you mentioned the, the idea of, of, you know, doing this in a way that's not creepy. I'm curious, have you encountered resistance to it at any Absolutely. Time? Yeah. And I hear stories. Well, I think, um, and I remember, you know, we do events sometimes where we bring about 30 people together. We have one adventure that everyone does. So for example, you know, I think the theme in June was joy. So everyone had 30 minutes to create a moment of joy for someone new and to return with an artifact. And I remember one guy coming back and saying, um, you know, we tried a few times, we failed. And I think when you try to do something, people often get a little bit resistant. He's like, but then the moment we just started having fun and creating joy, joy for ourselves, we brought a ton of people in, like people just couldn't stop coming up to us. But his response, which I thought was really interesting, was he said that everyone who he encountered who had resistance, he realized he's like, it wasn't about them, or it wasn't about him, it was about them. So uh, if someone comes up to me and is like, I'd like to buy you a coffee, if I say no, it's more about something in me, right? Like maybe I don't want to receive from this person. Maybe I have something else going on where the resistance or the block was is within me versus within the person who's trying to do it. So if I get resistance, I think about um, you know it's within that other person, and it might not might not be the right person. Um, but usually, what I find is like I bought coffee for this woman. Last week, I was, I get nervous about it every time. Um, I still do years later. Um, cause there's something very vulnerable about it. of just saying like, Hey, I'm doing this thing today where I buy coffee for the person behind me in line. And I'd like to know if I could buy your coffee. And there's something disarming about that where people are like, Oh my goodness. Like I, yes, that would be great. Um, I've had other people be like, what are you trying to sell me? And as soon as I reassure them that I'm not trying to sell them anything, like I don't tell them anything about my company. I don't tell them about serendipity. I just say, you know, this is a thing that I'm doing, um, you know, and pass it on to someone else too. So it's usually met with a positive response and just sort of like, I remember I was just standing there with this woman waiting for coffees and we just start talking about life. And she was a school teacher and, um, you know, just hearing about that joy and, and human connection shifted my day. Like I went in, I started the day feeling a little bit stressed out. I had, um, a bunch of meetings that day and there was something just about buying coffee for someone that gets you back into that flow of we're all just human, we're all just doing our best. And if I can help another person today, whether it's through business or through a small act, that's great. What um, what have been uh, the interesting uh, things that you've seen happen in other people's lives uh, as a result, the customers who have bought your product and, and their interactions? Um, what have been some of your favorites? I got an email from this girl from the corners of the internet, um, you know, through our website. And she, she writes me this email that says, you know, I found your cor- your cards in the dark corners of Instagram somewhere. I bought them when I was in beta, when they were in beta. And I took them with me on my first trip to Australia. And it was my first trip traveling alone. And as a result of these cards, I met a hot Australian guy who I've been traveling the world with ever since. I'm like, yes, uh, that makes me so happy. 
happy. Uh, and what was really interesting about that was I ended up meeting her. She's become a friend. She's an incredible human. And I sat down with her. I was like, well, please let me buy you coffee. I'd love to hear your story and hear more about that. And what was really interesting was she's like, you know, I'd been doing the cards every day for two weeks and they just opened up this piece of me where I just started saying yes to everything. Like I just started treating everything in front of me as if it was a challenge. And I would, it opened up, she's like, I think it opened up my energy and it opened up my ability to say yes. And I said yes to a very uncomfortable situation where, you know, I was supposed to go to a a music festival with all these random people who I didn't know where normally I'd say no to that. But because I'd been practicing saying yes to all of these things, I went and I met this guy and then we traveled around the world and, you know, played the cards and ate weird foods in different places. And, I always love that story. That's a really good one. Um, I'm trying to think of other stories. Another one is a girl took the cards with her to Iceland with her sister. And there's one card that's about um, explore what makes your heart sing. And it's a little bit esoteric. And it's always suggested, you know, talk about this with someone to, to get it started. And she'd had a tough relationship with her sister. And it was their first time traveling together. And she cites the card as the thing that fostered a new type of dynamic between her and her sister, because she would talk about, you know, understanding what made her heart sing, I I never even knew. Um, and she never knew about me either. So it sort of sparked this different dynamic where they were supporting each other. And, you know, they got into some some pretty deep stuff. Wow. Um, what, what do you envision sort of the, the ultimate sort of future of this to look like? I mean, this is, I mean, to me, this is amazing. I feel like you're, you're, you know, creating these moments in people's lives that are just magical. Um, like what is the extension of it beyond the cards? Like, what does it look like? So I think it, um, if I think about the vision of it, um, I think there's something about unlocking amazing moments right in front of you. So no matter where you are, because I think we think, or at least I think, and growing up, I've always thought, you know, these life-changing moments have to be part of a vacation or they have to be part of a big trip or some sort of, you know, investment. And you know what? It can be a life-changing moment can come from buying coffee for the person behind you, or it can come from eating something different in the experience that you have. I think it's all these little micro moments. So when I think about, the vision of the company and the vision of the brand is really empowering people to find to find those magic moments right in front of them, whether it's through daily experiences, whether it's through their relationships. So we're starting to launch, uh, we, for early next year, we'll launch two new editions of cards. One is for couples. So it's about creating more sex, love, and adventure with your partner. Uh, we're beta testing those right now. So I think we've got about 15 beta testers who are helping us fine tune the content, which is really fun. Um, Um, cards for meeting people. That's a really big request as well. And then looking at um, cards for other parts of life. So could you use this to get unstuck around fitness? Um, Could you use it around work? A lot of companies use the cards and challenge each other uh, in teams to do a card each week, and then they share back on Friday. It's a really great way to unlock that human connection at work. So I think there's new products to think about getting unstuck and unlocking amazing moments in all parts of life. And then figuring out, you know, like, how do we get more connected through that? So how do we use technology to be able to connect with other people who are doing similar things or to learn from each other? Because I think if we look at technology now, 
a lot of it can be based in in FOMO of like, oh, this person's on vacation again. Like they're in such a beautiful place and <laughs> I'm in my office. Um, I have nothing good to take a selfie of right now. Um, but what if we could connect around those empowering moments instead? And what if we could connect around, um, you know, doing these little things that help us to get unstuck? So I think there's building out the technology piece of it and looking at how we get more connected through that and spark more serendipity, spark more of those types of actions that really help us to get unstuck. And I think there's probably an awareness too that this brand can bring around getting, figuring out that you're actually in a rut. Because I think for me coming out of that trip, like I didn't know how much of a rut I was in until I started feeling as free and alive as I did from doing the adventures that my friends had given me. Yeah, that actually raises a question I kind of wish I'd asked earlier. Um, have you seen, uh, you know, changes in people's sort of mental health as a result of this? Like people, you know, dealing with anxiety or depression or things or like just severe levels of unhappiness and, and have them change as a result of, of, you know, embracing this way of being? Absolutely. The biggest thing we hear is there's sort of a faith in humanity again, which sounds a little bit... Um, you know, grandiose. Um, and I was surprised when I heard that as well, but there's sort of a, um, an optimism that comes. And I found it from myself of waking up in the morning and being like, Oh, what's going to happen today to, Ooh, what's going to happen with the flip of a card? Like who might I meet today? Even if it's just a little thing. And a lot of people talk about, um, like feeling connected to people like them and feeling excited that they know that, there are other people who want to adventure and who want to connect in this way. And that that feels really powerful. And I'm always really happy when I hear that of people saying, I feel like I found my tribe or I feel like I found other people who want to do these types of things and are seeking for more. And um, I've also heard from a few people as well that similar to what this girl experienced with this guy is that it flips your way of thinking. Um, so one woman who plays with the cards in New York has said, you know, I don't even need the cards anymore because it's shifted my way of thinking. Like instead of standing in line at the coffee shop and looking at my phone, I look around and I actually notice people and I think about what, you know, could I do something for someone today? Um, so there is sort of, it shifts a way of being. Mm, wow. Anybody gotten married yet because of it? Not yet. Um, a serendipity baby and a serendipity marriage are key KPIs for the business, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, well, this has been super cool. Uh, you really, honestly, it's one of those conversations that I, I think has helped me more than I even realized. And I'm going to want to go back and play a dozen times just because I, I feel like you packed it with a lot of very thought provoking uh, insights. So I have one final question for you, which is how we finish all of our interviews at the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? What makes someone unmistakable? It's going to sound cheesy, but I think it's their heart. I think when your heart and soul are in something, um, it makes you, it makes it unmistakable. And, um, you know, I think when people create from a place of passion and, you know, creating from a place of passion could be creating from a place of hurt or creating from a place of joy, but from that purpose that really comes from the heart versus from the intellect or from, you know, a business plan or whatever it is, but really creating from, from a need and a desire and a passion and coming from the heart is what makes something unmistakable. Cause I think you could have 10 different businesses that have the same business model, but everyone will, will imprint it in a different way based on, on where it comes from, from a pace of passion. Mm. Awesome. Well, where can, uh, people pick up uh, their own deck of cards and learn more about you and your work? 
So we are on the internet, uh, serenflippity.com, S-E-R-E-N-F-L-I-P-I-T-Y. And we are on Instagram, also serenflippity. And uh, you can pick up cards on Amazon. We're on Amazon. Uh, we're on walmart.com. We're in anthropology. And then in bookstores and boutiques in all different far-fung places. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that, 
and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.